As G.K. Chesterton said, a dead thing can go with the stream, but only a living thing can go against it. Here on Swimming Upstream, we go against the cultural stream by championing life, liberty, and the pursuit of holiness. Your host is Eric Sammons, author of seven books, including Holiness for Everyone, The Old Evangelization, and Bitcoin Basics. Now let's get swimming. Hello and welcome. Normally in these uh, episodes, I like to talk about things related to the Catholic Church or about politics. I even may talk about technology sometimes or baseball, things that interest me. I'm going to do something a little bit different this time. I am going to talk about something that interests me, but it's a little bit unrelated to a lot of the other stuff I often talk about in these episodes on Swimming Upstream. And what I'm going to talk about is intermittent fasting. And it's something that has had a great impact on my life, and so I thought it would be interesting to talk about it here. I wrote, recently wrote an article in which I described my journey from like an unhealthy lifestyle to a more healthy lifestyle. I'll link to that in the notes so you can read through that. But basically, here's the, the uh, too long didn't read version of it. That is, I've, I'm in my late 40s now, and for a long time, I had what I would consider nagging health problems. Nothing serious, nothing that sent me to a hospital or really made me take any massive drugs or anything like that. However, I just didn't feel well most of the time. I was tired, lethargic, I had what I call brain fog, and by brain fog I mean I just had a hard time concentrating at times. I had a hard time really focusing on something for an extended period of time. And my head just felt kind of funny, I guess. I don't really know a great way to describe it other than that. And also, I had digestive issues. A lot of times when I would eat something, my stomach would just feel bad. And it was hard to pinpoint what it was that was causing these problems. Plus, my weight had gone up. My weight, uh, I have a small body frame, and so my weight's never going to be a whole bunch. But my weight went from, in high school, right before I graduated, when I was in the, probably the peak health of my life, peak shape of my life, I only weighed about 135, 140 pounds. And I bloated all the way up to about 190, over 190 pounds, which I know isn't a ton for a lot of people, but they have bigger frames, so let's not compare apples to oranges. But for me, that's a good, you know, probably 50 pounds or more overweight. And I would do things to try to get that down. A lot of times I would hover around 170, 180, which is still too much, but wasn't quite as bad as 190 plus. And I had a hard time losing that. And I, I, I didn't have any energy to really do workouts or anything like that. And so I tried a number of things. One time I tried to really go on a really strong diet, a really f strict diet, I should say, where I would just eat little, a, a little bit. So I really restricted my calories. So for example, at lunch, I would just maybe eat some peanuts or something like that, eat smaller meals. And that worked for a little while. I dropped a lot, about 20 pounds at that point in about a month, but I couldn't sustain it. I basically lost all energy and I just had to eat and I got back to my old eating habits so I, and I bloated back up. And then the second time I made a, a real attempt at a diet change, I cut out all sugar and gluten from my diet. And that helped a lot too, briefly. It basically, and it had some permanent effect, like I didn't bloat all the way up to 190 plus anymore, it made me feel a little bit better, but really it didn't help permanently. I got some energy when I first started, but then I kind of went back into my old routine. I still didn't eat sugar or gluten, but I still didn't feel great. I had brain fog, lethargy, digestive issues. And I go to doctors and they just didn't have anything to tell me. I mean, it was just, it was very frustrating. Nobody said anything. 
And then I heard a, a friend of mine on Facebook, he was talking about intermittent fasting and how he had gone from, I can't remember now, but he had lost like over a hundred some pounds or something incredible like that. And he, he had a lot more energy and things like that. And I thought to myself, there's no way I could do that. Because listen to what my routine was eating. Now note, I was pre-diabetic, pre which means I had a high glucose level, high insulin levels, but I wasn't really diabetic yet. But I was on the path of diabetes. My dad got type 2 diabetes when he was a little bit younger than I am now, so I was on that path. But because of that, I would have lots of crashes after eating. So for example, I'd eat breakfast, and by t maybe, let's say, 8 o'clock in the morning, by 10 o'clock I was starving, just absolutely starving. I had to eat something, so I had a snack. Starving again at lunchtime, eat around noon, between noon and one. And then two o'clock, I had to eat something. Then I'd have dinner around six or seven. Then I'd have to eat something again, a snack at like nine or 10 o'clock at night. And the reason is I would get shakes, my stomach would just be, you know, just so hungry. I would feel lightheaded, I just feel awful. I felt like I had to eat something about six times a day and maybe even more nibbling at, at different times. If something was available out in the kitchen when I walked by, I'd maybe gra I'd, I'd grab it and eat it. So I was eating all day long, every day. And I felt like I couldn't go very long, just medically speaking, uh, very long without eating. Like, you know, as a Catholic, I'm called to fast on Ash Wednesday and Good Friday each year. But for a number of years, I didn't because I felt like medically I couldn't do it. I had to eat something. I did eat less. I tried to you know, get in the spirit of the day, but I, I didn't really fast like I was supposed to because I just felt like I couldn't medically. So when my friend was talking about intermittent fasting, I was like, well, there's no way I can do that because I can't go more than a couple hours without eating. But then somebody mentioned to him that he was pre-diabetic and should he try it? Could he do it? And my friend basically said, yes, you can do it. In fact, I think it will help your conditions. And that, honestly, that one comment took me down the rabbit hole. He mentioned a book by uh, Jason, Dr. Jason Fung, and I'll, I'll talk about that more in a minute, about fasting. And so I, I, I got that book at Amazon. I started watching videos on, on YouTube, basically learning everything I could about intermittent fasting. That's kind of my personality. That's what I do. If I, I'm interested in a topic, I dive headlong into it and I do find out as much as I can about it. So I did all this research on intermittent fasting. And what I found was that it is something that could help me. And it actually might be a real solution to my issues that I'm having with uh, brain fog, with lack of energy, with digestive issues, all these things. And so I decided, okay, I'm going to try this. This was about four or five months ago I said, I'm going to try this. But one thing I realized that I, I decided to do along with the intermittent fasting is the keto diet, which I know is all the rage now. It's like the big fad diet and things like that, which is basically the keto diet means you cut your carbs down to an absolute minimum. I mean, almost no, it's almost a no-carb diet. You have high fat, moderate amounts of protein, and no carbs. And what I found was in my research of the keto diet, that could help me because the reason I was crashing is because I, I was eating a lot of carbs. Even though I cut out sugar and uh, gluten, I was still eating lots of carbs. I would eat lots of potatoes. I was eating bananas, uh, apples. I was eating Fritos. I love Fritos and they really, I had a craving for Fritos at times and I would love those. Now I understand why that craving for carbs. But things like that I was still eating. That's why I was having these crashes. I wasn't eating a meal in which I, I really was, was filling me with you know, high fat and protein. Instead I was having a lot of carbs. Even the gluten-free pasta didn't have gluten but it had carbs in it. And so I decided what I was going to do is in order to make it easier for me to do the intermittent fasting, so I wouldn't have these crashes, I would also do keto diet at the same time. So my purpose wasn't to do the keto diet, my purpose was to do intermittent fasting, and this was a way to help me. 
Now let me explain real quick, I haven't even explained yet what intermittent fasting is for those who don't know. It's, it's a scary word. People hear fasting and are like, oh my gosh, what are you, like a monk or something? What are you going to do, starve yourself? And really all fasting means you're not eating. Technically right at this moment I'm fasting, actually I am fasting, but right at this moment I'm fasting because I'm not eating. If you're not eating right now, you're fasting as well. You maybe have been fasting for five minutes, maybe you've been fasting for five hours or five days. But the point is if you're not eating, you're fasting. And so all intermittent fasting means is you go a set amount of time each day without eating. There's actually different forms of it. Sometimes you can alternate days and things like that. But the most common form is called the 16-8 plan, which basically means for 16 hours you don't eat and for eight hours you can eat. So for example, you eat dinner at six o'clock at night. You finish eating dinner at six o'clock p.m. one night. You don't eat anything, no snacks, nothing. Just water and a black coffee or green tea, something with no calories like that. You don't eat anything until 10 o'clock the next morning. I think that's 16 hours. And basically that's all, and then during from 10 o'clock to six o'clock, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m., you can eat. Ideally, you don't eat like the whole time. You maybe just eat two or three meals during that time without any snacks, because that's again, you're kind of fasting in, inside your eating window. But the point is, is the most important thing is you're not eating for 16 hours. Now, like I said, there's different forms of this. You can do 16-8, you can do 18-6, don't eat for 18, eat for six. 24, I mean, eat, don't eat for 20, eat for four, or one meal a day. OMAD is what it's called for the acronym one meal a day, in which you just eat one time a day, and so maybe you're feeding windows within one hour in a day. You just eat at six o'clock every, every, every evening or something like that, and you don't eat uh, other than that. Now, when I first heard about this, I thought there's absolutely no way I could do this because, like I said, I couldn't go more than a couple hours without eating. However, I found, what I, so what I did was I gradually led into it. So I started with like a 12-12, which you know, sounds kind of crazy, but I'd stop eating at 8 o'clock at night. I wouldn't eat till 8 o'clock in the morning. It sounds crazy in the sense that it doesn't sound that hard, right? That was very hard for me at first because I, I needed that evening snack. Then I gradually went to 14, a 14-10. So I would, I would stop eating at maybe 7 o'clock at night, wouldn't eat the next morning till 9. I think those hours are right. Again, hard at first, but I got used to it. And the key was I was also doing keto at that point, so I wasn't having any carbs, so I didn't have the crashes. So it actually wasn't that hard. It only took me about a week or two to get this to a 16-8. And then I realized that was pretty easy. I would go sometimes at 10 o'clock, I'm supposed to eat at that time. I would wait and I wouldn't even be hungry. So I would just keep, keep waiting until 12 or something like that. So I, I kind of naturally segued into an 18-6. And I felt like I could do, that wasn't that hard. Within a month, I was doing a 24 plan. So not eating for 20 hours and eating for four. And I found that that wasn't that hard to do. And sometimes I would even do a one meal a day. That'd be a little bit more difficult, but really wasn't that hard to do. But now what were the results? They were literally life-changing. And I don't use the word life-changing uh, lightly. And I really mean when I say literally. My brain fog, gone. My low energy levels, gone. My digestive issues, gone. Basically, I was able to, each day I had lots more energy, I had a lot more focus, ability to concentrate, and I didn't have problems after I ate with my stomach. I, I felt fine when I ate. In fact, I felt so much better, I felt like actually satisfied after eating. And I think that might be the key to a lot of it. Didn't have those carbs, I was just having you know, high fat and protein. And so I was able to eat. Uh, I mean, I was able to feel satisfied after eating. And so what I found was, that this program really worked. And I've been doing it for about four months, you know, over four months now, which is longer than any other programs I've done before. And I found that it's extremely easy to do. It's actually not that hard. 
I don't really feel like eating in the morning. Essentially, I'm skipping breakfast in a way. I mean, I'm, I'm eating a late lunch. That's all I'm doing. I'm eating a lunch around two o'clock in the afternoon instead of at noon. And I'm eating dinner at the same time as always. I'm not having a night, uh, an evening snack. And I'm not having breakfast in the morning or morning snack. And really, it's, it, it hasn't been that hard to maintain. That's the key. And what I found in my, in my research is that that's the important point with most diets failing, is they're just too hard to keep because your body adjusts to it. A great book, and I want to recommend it highly, is a book called The Obesity Code. And that's by Dr. Jason Fung, which I mentioned. In, it, in The Obesity Code, uh, Fung goes through like why it is that diets fail so often and why it is that the uh, intermittent fasting works. He goes through the theory like really more into it much more uh, in depth than I am of course going to here. You can also search YouTube for videos of uh, Dr. Jason Fung intermittent fasting and you'll find all this information. But essentially what's happening is every time uh, and I'm not a doctor so don't you know blame me if I don't explain this perfectly. Like I said do the research yourself. But essentially is what I've seen what I found is that Every time you eat, you spike your insulin, no matter what you eat. But certain foods spike it even more than others. Carbs particularly spike, and sugars spike it the most. Whereas a protein and a fat won't spike it as anywhere near as much. So obviously doing keto, something like keto, is very good for you if you are somebody like me with uh, pre-diabetes or type 2 diabetes because you're not sp spiking your insulin as much. But internet, intermittent fasting is even better because you're not sp spiking your insulin at all during the fasting time. What happens is after you eat, your insulin is spiked for a certain amount of time and, and your body is basically digest, is it's digesting your food. It's going through all this process for about 12 hours. So after you hit 12 hours, your body now no longer is processing food, your insulin levels are way down, and you're basically, now your body is able to burn fat instead of burning the food you just ate, your fat stores. We all have fat stores. If you live in America in 2018, I almost guarantee you have fat stores. Even me, when I wasn't like, you know, now that I've lost a lot of weight, and by the way, I've lost over 30 pounds in about the first two months, I lost about 30 pounds and I've kept that off. I, mean, I, I lose a little bit each week even now, or I stay the same. I haven't gained any weight any week since I started this four months ago. But I have fat stores still, and what ha is happening is after about 12 hours, my body for energy is now burning fat stores instead of burning the carbs and the food that I just processed. And when it does that, it actually, that's a, a, a much better source of energy. And that's why I have more energy than I used to, is because it's a better source of energy than the carbs are. And so there, therefore I have, you know, my, my brain fog is gone and things like that, and, and, and my energy's up. But also the longer you go without, without eating, your body starts to adapt to that and it starts to really basically rewire your system because it's like a it's like a survival mode so to speak that it's like okay I don't have food and so I need to heighten this person's energy and ability so he can go search for food you know evolutionary type of active uh, uh, system in your body that's saying okay he doesn't have food why don't I go ahead and, and, and make it so that he can still survive so he can go eat food we're not talking about starvation here we're talking about fasting where you go without food and, but your body has the energy, the, the fat stores, to burn the energy. Obviously, if, you star, if you're starving, what that means is you don't have any fat anymore in your system to burn. But like I said, if you live in America in 2018, I can almost guarantee you have fat stores that you can burn. I mean, unless your body fat is like less than 2%, you have some fat stores to burn. And most of us, I think the average is like 20% for guys and even higher for women have a higher uh, typical fat uh, percentage. 
And so the point is though, by doing intermittent fasting, what's happening is my body is basically able to do things other than just process the food I'm eating. And so because of that, I'm able to have a lot more energy, less brain fog, my, my, my brain is working better, and my digestive issues are, are gone because my body's not, my stomach's not all messed up with the food I'm putting in it because it's able to heal itself, so to speak. The body's a wonderful thing that God has made. It essentially has the ability to heal itself if we let it, but we don't let it if we're constantly stuffing food in our mouth. And so that's why intermittent fasting has been so successful. So again, I want to recommend this book, Obesity Code by Fung, but another book I wanted to recommend is also by Jason Fung. It's called The Complete Guide to Fasting. This is a more practical book than the Obesity Code. Obesity Code is more the theory, where uh, the practical guide to fasting is more the practice. Basically, how is it that you go about fasting? What do you do? Why is it that it works? But how do you do it? And so again, I would really recommend to people to look into intermittent fasting if you're having any types of health problems, like you're feeling low energy, if you feel like you're overweight, things like that. Now one thing I want to note is, again, I am not a doctor. Do not take my advice and go out and do it. Do your own research is what I'm really recommending. Uh, people like, you know, pregnant women should not do intermittent fasting. Uh, people with type 1 diabetes should not do it. Um, but there's been a lot of success with people who have type 2 diabetes, which was, I was on the path towards that basically their type 2 diabetes disappeared after they did intermittent fasting. They no longer needed to take insulin shots and they didn't have any of the symptoms and their, their glucose levels went way down and so they basically, uh, their, their type 2 diabetes was reversed. I think it's probably, the, you know, cured might be the right word, but at the very least it was reversed. So they didn't have those symptoms anymore, they didn't need the, med the medicine. Now, some people might say, well, you know, you're kind of going against the mainstream of, of medicine. I am. And again, I'm not a doctor, so I'm, I can't be an expert. I don't claim to be an expert. But at the same time, I really do think that the medical establishment is very much in bed with the drug companies and the food companies. Big food and big, big drug. You can call me a conspiracy theorist, whatever. I don't care. But I really think what happens, when I went to the doctor before I discovered intermittent fasting, the doctor would basically just recommend some drugs. And, or, and wouldn't really recommend changing my diet. Yet the fact is, is just changing my diet and not eating all the time is what basically made me so much better. I didn't need drugs. I didn't need to, uh, I didn't need, to, I needed to change my diet, I should say. And like, so the great thing about this is it's super cheap. You're eating less. You actually spend less money on this. Who's going to recommend that? You have no financial benefit to recommend something like that. And so that's, I think that's one reason why intermittent fasting and even the keto diet and things like that are, are shot down by the establishment because they want to make sure they promote whatever drugs it is they're selling. They want to make sure they promote whatever food it is they're selling. I mean, all these food companies, everything they're making is processed. And so it's usually high carbs, high sugars. And so they don't want us to stop eating that. But the fact is that's exactly what we need to do. We need to stop eating those type of foods and we need to stop eating so often and so much. And the fact is, if you eat less often, you're going to eat less food. You're going to eat less calories. I don't keep track of my calories. I simply just eat during, you know, certain types of food during certain times. And yet, like I said, I've lost, you know, 30-some pounds. I went from about over 180, 185 to about 150, 155 now. And it's been very easy to do. And in previous times when I've tried to count calories or, you know, try to limit how much food I eat to a certain amount without saying how, when I eat or what I eat, I'm, it's failed every time. So again, I just want to recommend people that you look into it. If you're having health problems with like just feeling low energy, feeling overweight, you know, just feeling like lethargic, 
I want you to look, I, I would recommend that you look into it. Again, Dr. Jason Fung, uh, he's done a lot of research on it. Look him up on YouTube, on Amazon. His books I highly recommend. Okay, well that's it for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Until next time, keep swimming against the stream. <laughs>